we are going to be concluding a series today called Dream Again. And we're talking about this reality that many times we let life like kick our dreams out from under us because of the trouble that we face or because of uh, who we're not or maybe some, what someone said over us. And we're going to talk today about how do we fulfill those dreams. And it may not be like what you what would initially kind of go to and think about, but we're going to start in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And we're going to talk about how God changes our lives. And and, and I'm going to share some principles today that, that have just really uh, been changing my life for the, last, uh, for the last couple years. Someone shared a book with me called Mind Monsters by a pastor in Tacoma, Washington named Kevin Gerald. And, and he just kind of exposed the idea that the battle that we're facing is in our mind. And if we change our mind, we change our life, we change our world. Because uh, if you're taking notes with us here today, here's the first one. That, that your life, our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Like you and I are where we are today in every area because of the thoughts that we've had. And we will be tomorrow because of the thoughts that we, that we think uh, tomorrow. Like we're moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Like thoughts are like trains. They take us somewhere. And, and your thoughts are leading you, you to a place. Like it's taking you in a direction. And I just want to really expose what God's word says about what we're thinking about. And it's time that we think about what we're thinking about, okay? Can you say that with me? Think about what I think about. Okay, think about it, everybody. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Romans chapter 12 in verse 2. It says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I think a lot of times we think the way that God changes our lives is by changing the way that we act. Like we need to act better. Uh, that's why we, we are where we are and what we're doing is because, man, we need to act better. We need to get it together. And I want to challenge us today to say we need to think better. That if we're going to fulfill the dreams that God's put in our lives, that, that many times it's because we have stinking thinking in our lives. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what we think really matters. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said this. I love this quote. He said, Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an act, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character. And you sow a character, and you reap a destiny. So our destinies are only one thought away. So what are we thinking about? And I want to challenge us today to think our, to, to allow God to transform our minds. That's what Paul writes in Romans 12 that we just read. Let God transform how you think, and then you'll know what God's will is. In other words, then you'll know how to fulfill the dreams that God's put in your lives, but you can't fulfill the dreams in your lives until God allows some changes to happen in our thinking, in our thinking. So, so I have on your note sheet there, there's a, there's a thought audit. I want to play along with me today. I want you to really think about what you're thinking about and I have a few different choices that you can, that you can kind of grade yourself on how you're thinking. And here's, here's the first one. Are your thoughts 1 to 10 more worried or are they more peaceful? What, what are you thinking? Are, are you, are your life, is, is your thought life filled with worry and anxiety and fear? Or, or do you have peace in the middle of the storms of life and what you're going through? And man, circle a number, 1 through 10. Where are you doing? How are you doing your thought? Thought life. Here's, here's a second one. <clears throat> are your thoughts more negative or are they positive? One to ten. 
they more on the negative scale, the negative side, or 10, they're, man, they're positive. You're, you're believing God's going to do great things. Like you're not focusing on the negative things, you're focusing on the positive things. Or here's the third one, are your thoughts more worldly? Are they more eternal? In other words, are they just on like stuff here and now? Like things, job, career, car, house, things, just, just school, friends, um, who, how many likes I got on the last picture that I posted, you know. Um, what, 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 what's your thoughts? Is it all about this world? Or is it all about the eternal realm and the, the, the reality that, that there is a God in heaven and there's an eternal re realm and that this life's not all there is? Because if you're taking notes, here's the second idea is you can't live a positive life with a negative mind. Can't do it. You cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. Before our dreams can come to pass, God has to do a miracle in our mind, in our thinking. Because many times we get stuck in negative thought loops that scientists have discovered that our brain contains something called a reticular activator, which is essentially an autopilot that we get a choice to program. That's why whenever uh, you're searching for a car, maybe you're car shopping and you're looking at a particular car, after you've decided on that car, or after you've been searching for that car, isn't it amazing? Now you see the car everywhere you go. Like you see the car everywhere, in every parking lot, on every interstate, no matter where you're driving, you're like, there's the car, there's the car, there's the car, there's the car. Why? Was, is there just a new concentration of that one vehicle all over the city like the moment you started thinking about it? Absolutely not. But whenever you decided, whenever you have made that thought a, part, a pattern of your life, the moment that we start doing that, our brain goes into action and we start seeing that car everywhere. We start seeing it other, everywhere. In other words, a thought... When we have a thought, our, it, kind of, it kind of makes a pathway in our mind. And the more we think that thought, the more we focus on it, the more it just becomes a pathway which turns into a road which that road gets paved. And after the road gets paved, it gets, it, it gets, it gets wider. And before long, that one thought went from just a path in our mind to a super highway that we go down constantly without even thinking about it. And many times the negative thoughts in our lives are from years of focusing on the wrong thing about who we are and who God is. And I want to challenge us today. It's time to break the cycle. It's time to let God renew our minds. It's time to stop thinking about all the things that the enemy and Satan and the world and our circumstance would have us focus on. And it's time to focus on what God says we are. Because as we change the way we think, we change our lives. We change the direction of our lives. Because you cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. And before God can do the dream that's in your heart, He has to do the miracle in your head. And that's what we see in the life of a man named Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 6. So look at it with me there in your notes. Gideon was somebody who had great potential in his life that God saw, but Gideon was letting, letting kind of the world around him define his own self-image. And when we find him, the nation of Israel had been taken over by these people called the Midianites. And the Midianites were, um, were lording over the, is the, the people of Israel, and Gideon was just right in the mix of it all. Gideon was letting like, every, the world around him just define his life. And maybe you can identify that. Maybe you're letting your friends define your life. 
maybe you're living for the approval of others and then you get somebody's approval and they let you down and, and you're just you're living your life just with wrong thinking in your mind and, and, and God meets Gideon in this place and says hey Gideon you don't have to be defined by what you're going through about what anybody else says about you I want to define your life and I want to encourage someone here today to say God wants to define your life like God has a great plan for your life he has a dream for you, but before the dream can come to pass, he's got to help you with your mind. So Judges chapter 6, verse 11, Gideon, it says the story, about the story of Gideon, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah um, that belonged to Joash the Abazarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So he was being a coward. He, he should have been doing this kind of on a hill where it was windy, but and he's kind of in a pit and and ashamed. It says, when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said, the Lord's with you, mighty warrior. Did he look like a mighty warrior? No. Did he act like a mighty warrior? No. But, but God said, I see something in this guy. I see something in you that you may not see in yourself and other people may not see. And he says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So he blames his situation on God. God, if you would have been here, we wouldn't be facing what we're facing. And, 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 and God just loves him anyway. You know, I think a lot of times we think that faith is the absence of questions and, and, and that God doesn't, God doesn't want us around whenever we're asking questions. That's just not true in Gideon's life. He had, he had big questions, but God knew that was not the heart of the matter in Gideon's life because Gideon goes on to say, pardon me, how can I save Israel? Because here's the reality. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. In other words, I'm not enough. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So Gideon was arguing with God. And that's what happens whenever we are dealing with the wrong mindset in our life, in, in, in our reality. And I want to challenge us this morning to do uh, what Gideon did whenever God came to him and open up our hearts to let God change our mind and change our thinking. Because before we can live out the dream, God has to do the miracle that's in our mind. And I want to give you a tool today that's really helped me to to change some of those thought loops that are happening in, in our lives. And it's what God started doing in Gideon's life whenever he did not see himself the way that God uh, wanted him to see himself. And so and it, it's what I call the faith acronym. And I challenge you, take this today, take this, this note sheet today and put it on your fridge, put it in your car, put it on the mirror in the bathroom, put it somewhere where you're going to see it so that you can begin to break these negative thought loops that are just constantly going through your brain. So, so here we go. Take some notes with us today. We're going to be, anybody want to be set free from some negative thinking? Anybody want to be set free from, from that old way of, of if you're hearing these voices of what you're not and maybe someone spoke something over you years ago or maybe it was months ago and you feel like you're a nobody because of the voice that's in your head. It's time to let God renew our minds. So how do we do that? It takes some notes with us here today. I promise this will be a tool that you can use. Here's the first one. 
we call it the faith acronym. Here's the first one. Focus on the positive. You want to change the loop that you're going through in your life? Stop focusing on the negative things and begin to focus your life on the positive things around you. You see, at all times, there are negative things and there are positive things. In every marriage, there are negative things and there are positive things. In every marriage, in every life, in every career, there are negative things and positive things. And if we don't watch it, we compare ourselves so much that we compare the good things, I mean, the good things about what someone else's life with the bad things about our life. Don't we do that? And we focus on the negative things. And God comes to Gideon and says, Hey, Gideon, I want to let you know, I know tons of stuff are going on, is, is going on in your life. I know there are things that you don't understand. I know you're the least in your family. I know the Midianites are, are lording over you. But here's, I have something for you. The Lord is with you. And in the middle of it all, I think God would say to us, focus on the fact that God's with you in the middle of your situation. Focus on the good things of God instead of the bad things about your circumstance. Understand that, that God is with you and that you have something to be thankful for. I tell you, being thankful is like getting a raise. When, you're, when you begin to be thankful for what you have, it, may, it gives you joy about the things that you have. Many times we spend way too much time being upset about the things we don't have instead of being thankful for the things that we do have. When we begin to be thankful for what God's brought in our lives, we start getting joy and it starts breaking the cycle of the adversary and understand, man, I'm so thankful for what God's done in my life. I challenge you, when you go to your car, maybe it's not your dream car, maybe it needs some new tires and it needs brakes or whatever it needs, before you get in that car and, and get upset about what you don't have, th before you open the door, say, thank you, Jesus, for the car that you've given me. Lord, I don't deserve this, but thank you. And before you go into your house or your apartment or your dorm room or wherever you live, before you walk in that door, instead of living your whole life worried about what you don't have and, and what other, somebody else has in your life that you don't have, I challenge you, before you open the door, before you put your key in the door of where you're going to lay your head down at night, I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me this place to live. You've been good to me. And I want to tell you, the more you begin to be thankful for the things God's put in your life the more you'll realize God really is on my side God knows what I'm going through like it's going to be okay focus on the positive when in your life have you ever been benefited by focusing all on the negative when see when we begin to focus on the good things of God it begins to change our mind that's why Romans 8 28 says for we know that all things work together for good to them who love God Man, no matter what you're going through, it's working for the good. It's like the African uh, king who had an assistant who, was, uh, who always annoyed people because he always said, it is good, or this is good. So one day they were out uh, hunting, and uh, the, the assistant accidentally you know, pulled uh, the gun out the wrong way and shot the, the king's thumb off. And he says, this is good. The king says, this is not good, and throws the guy in prison. Like, well, see how that goes. And a year later, the king's out hunting, and cannibals come and take the king and, and, uh, and, and plan to kill him. And they're right about to roast him and to kill him and to eat him. And they look at him, and they realize that they don't eat anything that's not whole. And they look at that thumb that's shut off, shot off, and they say, we're not eating him. 
And, they, 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 and he's so excited. And so he goes back to the prison where his assistant had been. He says, oh, I'm so thankful. And he tells them the story. They didn't eat me because you shot my thumb off. And he says, I'm so sorry I put you in this prison. He said, it is good. He said, what do you mean it's good? You were in prison and you shouldn't have been. He says, if I would have, been, if I would have not been in prison, I would have been out with you and they would have let you go and they would have ate me. <laughs> Can you say that with me? It is good. It is good. Start letting God do a work in your life. I know you haven't got everything that you hoped for. I know, Gideon, things are going wrong in your life. But choose to focus on the positive. Don't be the devil's advocate. Can I help you? The devil doesn't need an advocate. Some people are like, well, I'm just, maybe you're naturally predisposed to the negative. Uh, if I can encourage somebody, even if that's your predisposition, that does not have to be your destination, your destiny. That does not have to be your life. You can choose today. You say, I just, I just keep it real, Pastor B. Like, I just keep it real. I just say it like I see it. And I want to say, you're going to keep it real depressed too. You're going to keep it really full of anxiety. You're going to keep it really upset in your family. But choose to let God do a work in your mind. And say, I'm not choosing to look at what I don't have. I'm choosing to look at what I do have. Come on, somebody preach with me this morning. I'm preaching about 20% better than you amen in here. We need this. Focus on the, say that with me. Focus on the positive. Focus on it. I don't, what are you going through right now? What, what, what's happening in your life right now? I want you to think about it for a moment. Choose to focus on the positive. Choose to focus on the good things that God is doing in your life. And stop comparing yourself with everybody else around you. Maybe take a break from social media for a day. And just instead of looking and comparing your life and letting it steal your joy, what everyone else is doing, turn it off and say, God, I'm thankful for the life you've given me. I'm thankful for the job you've given me. I'm thankful for the career you've given me. I'm thankful for the car and the home and the kids and everything you've given me. I'm thankful. And I choose to focus on that. Here's the next one affirm yourself affirm yourself God says to get in the Lord is with you and he says this you mighty man of valor what was that God was saying about Gideon something that wasn't even true on the outside and I think God was saying to us God was saying to Gideon he was getting giving Gideon a way to see himself that was beyond his circumstances here's the question what are you saying to yourself what do you say when you what do you say to yourself when you look in the mirror I say it all the time. There's a big difference the way guys look in the mirror from girls. Come on, guys can have a hairy back, a little overweight, you know, have some all kinds of things wrong. They look in the mirror and they're like, what's up? Girls look in the mirror, they see all the, like one little negative thing. You know? but, but, but here's, what are you saying about yourself? You know, they say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. That's a lie. But there's nobody that's hurt me with their words more than me. Nobody. So what words are you saying over yourself? What do you say to yourself when you look in the mirror? What do you say to yourself when you speak about who you are? Because what you do in that moment is so powerful. Because the enemy, he will lie to you. And make sure the voice that you're speaking to yourself is not just reiterating the voice of your adversary. But make sure the voice that you're speaking to yourself is saying what God says about you. That's what God was trying to say to Gideon. Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. Believe it about yourself. 
take captive the thoughts that the enemy and your circumstance and everything else is saying about you and your upbringing and what your teacher said to you that you're the least in your family I think God would say to Gideon who told you you were the least in your family who told you you were the least in, in this nation who told you you were from the wrong side of the tracks who told you you weren't smart enough who told you you didn't have enough money who told you you were stupid who told you that you couldn't get a good grade who told you you couldn't have a successful career who told you you couldn't have a good marriage God says I didn't tell you what are you saying to yourself don't reiterate what the enemy says speak what God says about you recognize the lies and replace it with the truth of God's word recognize the lies and replace it with the truth of what God says about you what are you thinking about I just I have all kinds of illustrations and I have like different lists but, but I don't want to just read, read a list here today I want to ask what are you thinking about what, what word is coming into your mind about your family or your career or your faith? Maybe, you, maybe the enemy's told you God will never love you because of what you do. A church will never accept you. You're never going to get married again. You, you're never going to get back on your feet financially again. You're never going to be. What is the enemy saying over you? Church, it's time to recognize the lies. You're a mighty man of valor. You're the head and not the tail. God has a mighty plan for your life. You're a masterpiece. You're somebody who God loved and God created. God doesn't make junk. He has a purpose and plan for your life. You're not what anybody else says about you. You're not what I say about you or what your parents said about you. You're who God says you are. Don't let people define that. Don't let people speak that. It seems like when we're young, we are, we're so malleable and we're, we're, we, we can easily just hold on to the words that were spoken to us that people probably just, if they were going through stuff themselves and they were just throwing it onto you. And, and you and I, we take those words and we put them down in our spirit and it defines who we are. And I think God would say to us, let me define you. Let me, let, let, let me tell you who you are. Don't let somebody else say that. The scripture says when we get to heaven that we're going to receive a white stone. And on that stone, there's going to be a new name. And I don't know or understand what all that is except to say this, that our true identity is never going to be found on this earth. But God says who we are. And it's not going to be defined by our upbringing or by the color of our skin or how much money we have or what our education is. That's not who we are. God says, I hold your identity, so why don't you ask me who you are? That's who you are. You're who I say you are. And God says he loves you and has a plan for your life. I love what, this, what the scripture says. It, 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 it says simply this, let the weak say that I'm strong. It says, let the weak, yeah, Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Let the weak say that I'm strong. That kind of goes against everything, right? <laughs> Maybe you're of the disposition. Let the weak say, I'm weak. He says, no. You speak what, not what you see, you speak what God says. See, your words matter. I'm, I'm dwelling on this a little bit, but this is, I like to say it like this. Your words have creative power. God created the world with, by the word of God. In our world are many times framed by our words and what we say about ourselves and others. So, so, so 
I want you to reframe. This, this would be a great thing, even if it's just for a day. Whenever you speak something, I want you to put at the end of it, and that's how I want it to be. Whatever you say about your spouse, your kids, your job, your whatever, just say it. Whenever you speak something out negative, just say, and that's who I want it to be. I hate my job. It's just no good, and, and that's how I want it to be. My kids are wild, and there's no hope, and they keep getting trouble in school, and that's how I want it to be. And, and, and Because what you're saying is creating something in your life versus when you speak faith, you add that to that as well. Yes, I'm going through struggle right now, but God is my provider, and that's how I want it to be. God's on the throne and he loves me and that's how I want it to be. God has a purpose and plan for my life even though I don't understand what's happening right now and that's how I want it to be because your words are creating your world. So allow God to touch your mind and change what you're thinking and change what you're saying. Here's another one. I imagine God doing something good. I love this. Imagine God doing so. In verse 16 of Judges 6, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. What was God doing? God was giving his imagination something to work on. In other words, Gideon, I'm about to do something beyond what you thought. That's why the scripture says in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, whatever you ask in prayer, believe. Could you say that word with me? Believe. Like whatever you ask in prayer, imagine that it's gonna happen. Like work the imagination that God's given you. As kids, we have, we have imagination. My, my kids yesterday, they can turn anything into anything. Like they can turn a box into a spaceship. They can turn a closet into a, a, uh, a headquarters. Is that what they, what did they call it yesterday? Headquarters? Yesterday where I was trying to, we, were, we had dinner ready and I was looking for the kids. Couldn't find them anywhere. I said, babe, where are the kids? And she said, did you check the headquarters? I said, no, I didn't. Where, where are the headquarters, by the way? He said, it's the closet downstairs. And they had a headquarters where they, I don't know what they were doing. They were changing the world or doing something. I don't know what they were doing in that little dark closet surrounded by clothes. But they had taken that limited space, used their imagination, and were using it for something that was positive and good. And I think when we get older, we take the limited spaces in our lives and we spend our lives worried about our limitations and instead of seeing God doing something good in our limitations. It's like, it's like the uh, disciples whenever they, 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 the people didn't have anything to eat and Jesus, they said, well, how, Jesus said, what do you have? And they found this boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish and they said this, what is this among, you know, like what's this among so many people? Like how are, how are we going to get food in this place? What were they seeing? They were seeing their world based on the limitation. They saw 4,000 people that needed to be fed and they saw five loaves of bread and two fish. But Jesus said, okay, give your limitation to me. And after Jesus blessed it, he, he, he handed it to them. And as they began to pass it out to the people, the bread kept growing and the fish kept growing and they were serving Captain D's to everybody there, all 4,000. And, and, and they had once had a limited perspective but after that, I'm sure every time food got low in their world, they said, well, hey, anybody got any fish and chips? Give them to Jesus. Like, we're going to be okay. In other words, after the miracle, they realized that the limitation was not a limitation, but it was a leverage for God to do something great in their life. So, so church, let's start imagining God doing something good. Instead of imagining you going in the negative with what you're facing, imagine God doing something greater than what you can even think. That's why the scripture says we say it every Sunday as we conclude the service. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or? Imagine. 
what's happening in our imagination. Let's get our imagination and focus up on what God can do. Here's, 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 here's T. So faith, focus on the positive. Affirm yourself. Imagine God doing something good. Here's T, trust God in everything. Trust God in everything. <laughs> Start trusting him in everything. Proverbs chapter three, verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, and I love that, 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 that etymology. I love that, that picture, that word picture. In other words, what are you leaning on? Are you leaning your life on your own understanding? Man, it's so easy to do. Or are you leaning your life in your mind on what God could do in your life? He says, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God. And he'll make sure your paths are straight. He'll make sure everything works out. And man, Gideon, this is his story. Gideon, after God speaks to him in this moment, uh, he, goes and tells his, uh, he goes and tells the nation, and 30,000 people show up. Pretty good day, if you, don't, if you ask me. That's like, start with nothing, go to 30,000. Pretty awesome day. God says, too many people. God said, as a matter of fact, tell everybody who wants, who's afraid that they can go home, and 20,000 two-thirds leave one day bad day now and then of the 10,000 left God said that's still too many he said take them down to the brook and I want you to watch how they drink their water and if they get down on their knee and they drink their water like this put their weapon down drink their water like this kind of like a civilized person you can tell those people that they can go home but all those who get down and with their weapons and all and just lap water like a dog tell those people they can stay and wouldn't you know it, 300 people stayed. And one day, God took Gideon's army from 30,000 to 300. 1% of what he had. But what we see through the story of Gideon is 1% with God's blessing is better than 99% in your own power. 300 is more powerful with God if you're obedient to God. See, Gideon's story was not, you're a mighty man of valor, so now you go do it on your own. He says, no, you're a mighty man of valor if you'll live your life obedient to me. So it begs the question, what area of our lives are we not being obedient to God in? Because it's usually that area where we have the most anxiety, isn't it? If we're not being obedient to God in our finances, we're probably freaking out right now. If we're not being obedient to God with our career, our time, our marriage, or whatever. Any area of our life, Usually the area of anxiety reveals the area of life we're not putting God first in. And that's not, not, that's not to say we don't go through problems or struggles or ups and downs. We all go through ups and downs and struggles. But even in the middle of it all, we can have peace in the middle of the storm when we trust God. I'm sure Gideon wasn't singing zippity doo dah as all those people were walking away. But he chose to trust God. If I could encourage someone, you're in the battle right now and stuff's walking away out of your life and people are walking away and resources are walking away. If I could encourage you, keep on trusting God. Keep on doing the right thing because God's in control and if you trust him, he'll help you. He'll give you peace in the storm. Here we go. Here's the last one. H, hope for the best. Hope for the best. Focus on the positive. Affirm yourself. Imagine God doing something good. Trust God in everything and hope for the best. In other words, get your hopes up about what God's going to do in your life. Don't, don't succumb 
to a life of low expectation. Many times when we're hurt by people, we, we, we lower our expectations of people along the way. And that sometimes actually can be a good thing because we expect too much of, of people along the way from time to time. But the tragedy is sometimes when we get hurt by people, we lower our expectation of God. And God said, I will, I will never leave you. I will never fail you. I'll never forsake you. That's why Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, without hope, we don't have faith. Psalm 27, not in your notes, but it says, I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He will strengthen that heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And maybe that's somebody's word here today that you would have fainted, like you're, you, you want to faint in some area of your life unless you had believed that you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You're going to see the goodness of the Lord. I know it feels like the world is against you. I know it feels like you're not going to see it, but God says, believe it. You're going to see God do great things. Get your hopes up. Get your faith up. Start believing that God can do the impossible. And I think Gideon, if he could say in the end, Gideon, after the victory had taken place and read his story, it's, it's absolutely incredible what God did through these ragtag group of 300. And Gideon, but I think, God, I think Gideon would say about God that he changed the way that I was thinking. And as he changed the way that I was thinking, it set me on a path that God did more in my life than I could have ever done on my own. I started dreaming again. I became a leader. I didn't see myself as a leader. And God did awesome things. He surrounded me with people of faith. He did great and mighty things in my life, I think Gideon would say to us. As he changed the way that I thought. So I want to pray um, for us today about our minds I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would help you to recognize the voices that are not from God that you can take those voices captive and then secondly that you would replace those voices with what God says about you and then that dream that's in our heart as God renews our mind we'll be able to step out and do what God's called us to do much like you let's pray together today Lord,